Welcome to Cole Sports. You have entered the zone called sports on another level. And now, here's your host, Cole Johnson. Cole! Cole Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guide, Cole Johnson. And on this episode, we're going to talk about the World Series coming a knocking. We're also going to talk about some NBA stuff as the regular season is almost at hand. We're, of course, going to go NFL as well. Go in on the subject. Have it upon further review that you've heard before, but it's going to be a different twist to it. And, of course, we're going to award the Dota of the Week. But for right now, let's get to the headlines. Dateline College Football. Here's all you really need to know about this weekend. You have Jim Harbaugh still coaching for his life as, of course, he went to went to Beaver Stadium and got whited out and lost to Penn State. Tua, the quarterback of Alabama, Tua Tagovailoa, was injured in their victory against at home against Tennessee and everything else. <sighs> and Hurts is still getting his Vince Young on. Otherwise, that's pretty much it. Dateline Denver. The Chiefs won 30-6 in their tilt in mile high over the Broncos, but of course that was not the news. The news, unfortunately, was Patrick Mahomes. The reigning MVP on a fourth and one quarterback sneak went down with a knee injury. He nearly had to be carted off during that game, and it was thought that he suffered a worse injury than he did, but he only suffered a kneecap dislocation. And MRI confirmed this past weekend that diagnosis. The time he should miss, at least three weeks, they say, but who knows? And surgery, they say, may not be necessary. So they may be hope for the Chiefs yet, the AFC West still may be theirs, but their Super Bowl chances probably took a slight hit with the hit to his knee. Speaking of injuries, Dateline New Orleans. Man child himself, Zion Williamson, has been put on the shelf just for a little while. Now, there was some precautionary measures that the Pelicans took because uh, Zion reported that he had some knee soreness in preseason. They took a look. The team decided that they're going to put him on pause, and he's slated to miss at least the first of this season. So, of course, he will miss the game opener that they have against the defending world champs, the Toronto Raptors. Dateline Los Angeles! Well, the Rams decided to make way for something. They traded away Marcus Peters, the cornerback of the team, from there to the Ravens. What they did in exchange for that is they made the room for cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey was traded to the Jaguars, and the Jaguars will receive in return first-round draft picks of next year and 2021 as well as as well as a fourth round draft pick in 2021. Now along with that, fellow cornerback Aki Talib was also placed on injured reserve with a rib injury. 
Now, after a heart-to-heart with the owner of the Jaguar, Shad Khan, the owner hoped that Ramsey would stay aboard, but the team and Ramsey decided to part ways. And it probably was good that Ramsey parted ways. It looked like it was going to become more and more toxic by the day. And this might be good for the Jaguars. It definitely would be good for the Rams. Unfortunately, they did not seal up a need that they still have. Their defense is better. Their offense is where the trouble happens to lie. D-line Los Angeles. No, 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 no. And a high. Joe Madden, the manager of, well, former manager of the Cubs, has come home. Yes, I say home because the 65-year-old is returning to coach the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. The official name still gets to me. I digress. Madden exercised a knockout in his contract after 2014 when he was with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, led them to that 2008 World Series appearance, led them to four playoff berths in six years, went to the Cubs, led them to four straight playoff appearances, and, of course, the World Series for them, the first in 108 years. And I say return because he started his coaching career there and he played there. And he started in 1994 being a bench coach of Mike Socius. Now, there's many people who criticize Madden's managerial style, especially in the postseason. But if he's taken two, uh, let's be completely forthright, moribund franchises to World Series appearances, can we really argue the, the effect of his coaching? Probably not. He's not my cup of tea, but I don't hate on him and I don't hate him. It's just that it's simple and plain. The Angels wanted Madden and they moved Osmonds out the paint after only being a member of the managerial staff for one year. <laughs> well, let's see if they can re- let's see if they can reverse the fortunes of the Angels. Will they get back to their 2002 World Series form? Many hope. 18 years later. Line Major League Baseball. How about those Nationals? The Washington Nationals decided to turn up the heat, and after their comfort behind two games to one deficit to beat the Dodgers in the NLDS, they go on to the NLCS and sweep the St. Louis Cardinals completely out of baseball altogether. With their seven-run first inning in Game 4, they shut the door in D.C. and Nationals Park went ballistic. And with their 7-4 victory, the Nationals went onward to go on to be in the World Series. And now, the National League champs, the first time that they've appeared in the World Series, I should say the first time a D.C. team has appeared in the World Series since 1933, will go up against the Houston Astros after a thrilling 4-2 to two deficit was tied up with a homer by DJ LeMahieu 
Jose Altuve, the MVP, the the reigning MVP, deposited a homer, a two-run homer of his own into left center field for a 6-4 victory and winning over the Yankees four games to two. The series was absolutely spectacular. And even though it only went six, I will always say this about six-game series, the only way this series would be better if it went seven. That's the only way it would have been better. Outside of that, we had two teams who fought, scratched, and clawed for six games. Now, they may have had their errors, and the, and the bats may have been cold. You just had to give it up to the arms that both teams possess. The starting pitching for the Astros, which was there for the most part, and it left them at certain parts. The bullpen for the Yankees, which was there for most parts and disappeared in other parts, too. I get the feeling this will not be the last time we see these two teams on this stage at this time of the year. So Tuesday begins the World Series. Who is going to take the pen- who's going to take the pennant? Will it be the Nationals for the first time ever or will it be the Astros for the second time in the last 3 years? Dateline Chicago. Now, along with the sad news of uh, a one-vehicle accident of Errol Spence Jr., welterweight boxer Patrick Day fought against Charles Conwell this past Saturday. And in the 10th round of uh, their USBA super welterweight title fight, Day was not completely out. He was admitted into Northwestern Memorial Hospital, underwent emergency surgery, and unfortunately lapsed into a coma, and he never regained consciousness. Lou DiBella, his promoter, said in a statement Wednesday afternoon that the boxer was surrounded by his family, his friends, members of his boxing team, and others who loved him. Patrick Day, welterweight boxer, dead at the age of 27. When I come back, we're going to go into the clubhouse in Delta of the Week. We're also going to talk about the NBA still in trouble. And upon further view, but immediately following the break, please just don't tell me no lies and keep your hands to yourself. Or at least, not the head. I'm gonna go in! If the pain that you're suffering is so unbearable, so painful, so bad, so horrendous that you just simply can't see the forest for the trees, literally, that all you can feel is heartbreak and loss. Well, I have a free audio for you. It is titled How to Heal from Heartbreak. Let it all come to you so you can be about the business of healing. Today is a new day. Claim it at getoverdivorce.org.
Do we really have to talk about these NFL referees again? Yes, we do. Monday Night Football, we were slated to see a really good matchup between a team that rarely ever is in first place or competes for first place this late in the season, the Detroit Lions, against pretty much the favorite of the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers. I know that will draw the ire of some Chicago Bears fans, but live with it. You know the Packers are considered the NFC North favorite. A funny thing happened on to the 23-22 victory for the Packers. It had to deal with hands and faces. What do I mean by that? Well, I'm about to go Field normally you have classics that are played on that surface, and you have memorable games that are played there. Well, this game will be memorable, but for all the wrong reasons. The Lions, who ha- are trying to fight off the label of being haphazard and lackluster, put forth an aspiring effort under second year head coach Mike Patricia. The defense came to play. The offense, even though they couldn't convert in their red zone opportunities, kept pressuring the Packers defense all game long. And starting with a 22-13 lead that was dwindled to 22-20 in a matter of moments, the play before Defensive end for the Lions, Trey Flowers, was flagged for his first hands-to-the-face penalty. Then the very last drive, Flowers was flagged again for a hands-to-the-face penalty. That kept that drive going, which made a possible long field goal turn into a chip shot. Game, set, match. Everybody in Green Bay goes home happy. Correct? Yes. The rest of the NFL, up in arms and upset. Tay, for instance, Barry Sanders, who called out on Twitter the the referees. Take, for example, many of the analysts who have just dogged the referees for giving us a bad Bunny Night football experience. And take me. Because that game was a travesty. And why am I saying this? And why are everybody else saying this? Well, Trey Flowers, I mentioned him before, was the target of two hands-to-the-face penalties, Packers left tackle, David Bakhtiari. Now, before the first hands-to-the-face penalty, Bakhtiari approached the umpire, Jeff Rice, he was frustrated, he was confused, he was downright incredulous, and he asked a simple question, but he put a bug in the referee's ear. And so Flowers used the same move against the, the left tackle, and the move that he used, Flowers would actually jam his hands high and in, basically near the chin strap of Pactieri. Now, t- 
to me, and I saw it, I don't think they went to his chin or his neck, which would then technically be, I guess, hands in the face, but neither play that he was flagged would be considered that. Bottieri basically said about all of this, quote, I went over to the ref. I said, hey, are we not calling hands to the face again? Because the past three plays, I've been staring at the sky. And he's like, you know, he's not looking at my side, but I at least made him aware. Close quote. The first penalty came after a third down sack early in the fourth quarter, about 10-16 left in the fourth quarter. Now, that would have forced the Packers to punt. What happened? Rodgers throws a touchdown pass. Beautiful pass, actually. One one of a Rodgers special type of passes. The second time, which actually was probably the more egregious of the two, that came after a third down incompletion. This was inside a two-minute warning. It probably would have forced the Packers to attempt a go-ahead field goal there and would leave some time for the Lions to drive down and get a field goal of their own to win the game. Now, when the play was done live, Bakhtiari's head jarred back and upward. And when you looked on the replay, Flowers' left hand clasped the inside of Bakhtiari's left shoulder. It never made contact with Bakhtiari's face mask or neck. Now, Bakhtiari is basically owning it by saying, quote, I could definitely tell you, for a good portion of the game, I was getting my throat punched in. And I was looking up at the sky a fair amount. If you think about it, if your hand is in my throat, you're probably hitting my face mask, which is pushing my head up to the sky. Close quote. We've seen these clips. And Flowers said that, well, that penalty was hands to the chest. And I agree. I think that's what the penalties were. The referees got it wrong again. And this was a difference between a team being in first place and a team being in last. And this could, and this is not a normal game. I mean, this isn't a game between two teams in NFL. This isn't a game between two teams in the same conference, which that has some ramifications too. No, this is a game against two divisional rivals. So you know that type of thing that the that determines who goes home and who goes on in a tight race such as theirs, where you have the Packers who are now five and one, and you have the the Lions who are now two two and one. The same two teams, if you would have switched it, the Lions would have been three one and one, and the Packers would have been four and two. It's about the difference between first and last place, and it can it can render a huge decision come January. That's how influential that play was. Now, Bakhtiari could justify it all he wants. And fine, please justify it all you want, Bakhtiari. Problem though, with the two penalties that were called, flowers did not touch your face nor your neck. Those were bad penalties. Those were wrong penalties, actually, because you shouldn't have been flagged. Unless the NFL is telling defensive ends and defensive linemen and linebackers that you can't touch the chest of a of an offensive lineman. Unless that exchange has been made, 
then those flags were thrown under false pretenses. And then to make matters even worse, nine months ago, almost to the day, we had to deal with a pass interference call that wasn't called in in an NFC championship game. The more egregious non-call was the fact that it was a helmet-to-helmet hit. And that was not called. And that wasn't even mentioned. That in itself should have drawn the penalty. Forget the pass interference. The helmet-to-helmet should have drawn a personal foul flag. And what was the result of that? Now coaches can challenge pass interference calls, even if they're judgment calls. (laughs) And it's so egregious that only one of 20 has won a pass interference challenge. Now we may have another penalty where it will be challenged like so. Hands to the face? I I thought hands to the face was like what what it was supposed to outlaw with Deacon Jones because he utilized the head slap. And of course, if a person were to slap your helmet, it could jar you loose and it could startle you for a second. And by the time you regather your senses, the person who's blocking you is by you. And now the quarterback or the running back is in trouble. So hands to the face was to eliminate that. I get it. And if Flowers were to touch Bottieri's head, I would get that too. And I'd say, okay, well, yeah, that's hands to the face. Both times I saw hands to the chest and then the creme de la creme. Bottieri, you would have been the dolt of the week if it weren't for something more egregious than 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 what you pulled. But you went Vladi Divac on us, on the field. You went Vladi Divac. What do I mean? For you old schoolers, Vladi Divac was probably one of the greatest at drawing uh, charges, but he did so flopping a lot of the time. And one of the aspects of basketball I do not like is there's a lot of people who flop to try to draw calls. A lot of, and I mean, you can go down the list and I'm not going to go down this list now, but Bottieri flopped. No, he didn't fall to the ground, but no, when the hand came close to his face, when the hand came onto his chest, all of a sudden you saw Bottieri's head just shoot skyward as if to draw the penalty saying, look at this. This is what I'm talking about. The guy is driving his hand in my chin and I am looking upward when both cases, his hand never touched your chin. That was foul in and of itself. However, it worked. So. Look, kudos to you for flopping and making it work. You're not the first that's flopped and it's worked. And unfortunately, now that you pulled off this crap, you won't be the last. But what I can say that what I can say, though, is this Detroit Lions fan. I'm with you. You were hosed. You were jobbed. You were robbed. That should be a W, not an L. And that should have been the biggest W that you all have experienced in quite some time. Instead, your defense, your defense goes lights out. Holds a stalwart offensive squad and with two penalties, which led to 10 points. Those two wrong penalties both happened on third down and the Lions got a stop each time it sealed the L and made the difference in the contest. A nine point victory turned into a one point defeat with two wrong with two wrong penalties. I feel you. And it's unfortunate that you can't overturn it. But I think it's time for the NFL to really look at these referees and really hone in on who is good and who is not at their job. Because that crew, and I'll even look at Jeff Rice, that crew led by him did a bad job on a big stage. And you may have influenced in a negative fashion a race between two teams jockeying to be the NFC North champion. Not a good look for the Shield at all.
you've tuned into the classiest sports show on the planet. Cool From the vault, a look back at a key moment in sports history. October 19th, 1981. After their tough tussle in the newly developed National League Division Series against the Astros, the Dodgers went on to Montreal and played a hard-fought battle against the Expos. The Dodgers were in a nip-and-tuck affair in the ninth inning of Game 5. It was 1-1 when Rick Monday stepped to the plate and did the following. That solo home run gave the Dodgers a 2-1 victory, which held... They advanced to the World Series, and then they promptly defeated the Yankees to become world champions in 1981. Rick Monday hits a homer that silenced Montreal's Olympic Stadium on this date in 1981. From the Vault, brought to you by Hey, you, you want to write? Uh, you're a blogger. Do you feel the need that you can express yourself, but you want to do so through manuscript? Or are you a journalist? Well, come on down to the Breaks Media. We are looking for bloggers just like you. And it doesn't matter what field in which you want to write in. We want to see you and your words put on paper. Well, put on virtual paper. Just go on to thebreaksmedianetwork.com or email thebreaksmedia at gmail.com and we will be glad to receive your request and put you on the fast track to have your words be read by thousands of people. The Breaks Media, we're looking for writers just like you. Johnson here. The time ain't wasted. Let's get to it. Don't of the week. Don't of the week. 
week is sponsored by nobody, but we're still going to give it to you straight with no chaser. The winner of this episode's Dota of the Week is... The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Why? Not because they hired Joe Madden. No. It is because of one Tyler Skaggs. Now, for those who don't know the, the story, Tyler Skaggs was a a left-handed firebrand. Uh, the dude just had a wealth of talent to him. He was beloved in the Angels clubhouse, but he died during the summer. I think it was July. An autopsy proved that he overdosed in his death. That he was flooded with a whole ton of oxycodone. And he abused it for many years. Why is the organization being put on the fire? Well, a 45-year-old director of communications member of the team, who now, of course, is on administrative leave, Eric Kay, who has been with the organization over 20 years, decided to go to the DEA, or the Drug Enforcement Administration office, and he told those agents that he supplied Skaggs with three oxycodone pills in the days before the pitcher's death. Now, the death happened in a nearby Metroplex hotel. Metroplex meaning Dallas-Fort Worth area. Now, he said that he likely did not supply the drugs that Skaggs ingested in the hours before his death. But know that he said that he supplied those to Skaggs in the days before. Michael Mofetta, who was Kay's lawyer, he confirmed Kay's statements to investigators with ESPN. Now, what did the Angels have to say about this? Well, the president, John Carpino, said it this way. Quote, We have never heard that any employee was providing illegal narcotics to any player or that any player was seeking illegal narcotics. The Angels maintain a strict zero-tolerance policy regarding the illicit use of drugs for both players and staff. Every one of our players must also abide by the MLB Joint Drug Agreement. We continue to mourn the loss of Tyler and fully cooperate with the authorities as they continue their investigation. Close quote. Well, I've continued my investigation. I've concluded it. And that statement, sir, reads like a bunch of double talk. These wonderful men that you employ on your team honored their brother. You remember that gang up no hitter they threw against the the Mariners and they adorned the mound with a ton of Tyler Skaggs jerseys draped on it, 
all around it. You remember that beautiful moment? One of the best moments of 2019. And I'm not just talking about in, in Angels 2019. I'm not even talking about in Major League Baseball. It was one of the best sports moments of this year. And now, three months later, we find that it is tarnished, it is tainted, and it is sullied by the fact that you have people in your organization who decided to drug this man up. Now, I've heard these stories in other industries, like uh, the entertainment industry. Like you had uh, production CEOs give their, their, their actors and actresses their drug of choice. You would have producers of albums in the music industry say, hey, whatever you want to do is fine with me as long as you put forth the product that we hear. That's all I care about. You could snort a whole state. I don't care. Just give me the product. That's it. Just give me your voice. That's it. Give me your music. That's it. Give me your give me your hot. Give me your hot 16. That's it. The thing about that is those people were complicit. They were complicit in the downward spiral of these acts, these individuals, these talents, because none of them had the gumption, the, the stones or the balls to say, stop that. No, can't do this. And if you're going to do this around me and you say that I can't tell you what to do, fine. You decide to do it away from me and we can't do business anymore. No, you, you don't have that. No, you have enablers. So now we go into the angels front office and we're seeing a horde of enablers. Now, I would say credit to the guy who is the whistleblower. Unfortunately, he is having a mea culpa moment. He was feeling guilty. And it looks like to me, he was an enabler too. So you could double talk us all you want, Carpino. The fact of the matter is you have a person who now continuously is on your staff. He's on, he's in your organization. He's saying that there's a culture you may not be aware of. I think you might be. Which supplies this guy with drugs to the point where he took his life because he OD'd on them. This was a wonderful moment. And, and Skaggs was a, a, a lesson for all of us to know that, you know, if you abuse something, you can't do this. You can't go down that road. You can't traverse down this path. But now what do we hear? We hear that you enabled this guy. Your organization enabled this guy. I thought we were past this as, 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 an industry, I thought we were past this. In your own statement, Carpino, you said that your players adhere to the Major League Baseball joint drug agreement, meaning y'all test to see if somebody is being on the up and up because the asterisk era slash steroids era made you all conform to do this. I thought you all learned your lesson, but I guess you all didn't because you just found another drug that could probably circumvent what you test. And now one of your star players paid the ultimate price for it. Shame on you. Shame on you, the whole organization. You all should be ashamed of yourselves. Speaking of shame, the NBA and China have the goddamn right or are they paying the price literally? Upon further review, is next.
purchase shirts that actually say something that give you that appearance of being important, of wearing basically your heart as well as, well, your belief on your sleeve or on your shirt? Well, come to the Christian T-Shirt Company. We have all of what you're looking for. You can find that store at Cold Sports with a Z. Week 8 will begin at the end of next week. In the NFL, the NBA tips off for real. We will look into who did what, who did well what. (laughs) I mean, who did what well, and who is going to probably have issues. Of course, we're going to go in, have it upon further review subject, and we're going to, of course, award the adult of the week. And actually, we're going to have a special Upon further review, since this is Breast Cancer Month, we're going to have a Breast Cancer Month edition of Upon Further Review. So check that out next week. ColdSportsWithAZ.com. That's where you come for all the sports action and the sports news. That's for next week, for this week. Now, yes, last week I talked about this. I'm going to talk about it again because the NBA has not learned their lesson. Now, we, we talked about ad nauseum, not just Cole sports here, but other sports entities and even non-sports entities has endlessly talked about how the NBA has screwed their bag with China and how they politically are in hot water, along with financially being so. Well, the face of the NBA decided to speak and man, did he mess up. And we're going to discuss that and more in Upon Further Review. As LeBron James spoke, the frustration in his tone and body language increasingly Now, the Los Angeles Lakers, point guard, small forward, point forward. He has spent all of this last week in China. And he heard all the concerns that went all about China and the NBA and the implications that went beyond it. A mic was put into his mouth and this is what came out of it. Quote, I don't want to get into a word or sentence feud with Daryl Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on the situation at hand and he spoke. So many people could have been harmed, not only physically or financially, 
but emotionally and spiritually. Just be careful what we tweet, what we say, and what we do. We do have freedom of speech, but there can be a lot of negative things that come with that too. Close quote. Now, on its face, that is not a bad way of stating it. He went onward, and this is where he messed up. Quote, I believe he was misinformed or not really educated on the situation. If he was, so be it. I have no idea, but that's my belief. When you say things or do things, you're doing it and know the things that can be affected by it and the families and individuals that can be affected by it. Sometimes it can be changed as well. Sometimes social media is not a proper way to go about things as well. That's just my belief. Close quote. (laughs) Well, the face of the NBA, and let's be completely forthright, LeBron James is the face of the NBA. Not Adam Silver, definitely not Daryl Morey, and none of the owners of the NBA. I'm sorry, none of the governors of the NBA. I'm sorry, owners. None of the owners of the NBA are the face of the league. It is LeBron James. Number 23 in the purple and gold. He is the face of the NBA. I don't know if he was put up to speaking from the NBA offices in Secaucus, New Jersey. I'm not sure of that. What I am assured of is I figured that we were going to hear something from him because, well, he was there. He's the he's the focal point of the league. Now, I'm not saying that he's the best player in the league. He's the focal point of the league. And microphones was going to be shoved in his mouth. Period. And people wanted to know what he was going to say. And he didn't disappoint. He didn't disappoint the media. Now, he did disappoint a lot of people who support him. Because the backlash was swift, immediate, and far-reaching. Many brought up a, a tweet that he's that he used, basically quoting MLK, basically saying, "If you're silent on the subject, then you're complicit." Something of that nature. And it got him in hot water. Well, LeBron James took to Twitter. <laughs> he actually said, "Be careful what you tweet," and he tweeted the following. Quote, let me clear up the confusion. I do not believe there was any consideration for the consequences and ramifications of the tweet. I'm not discussing the substance. Others can talk about that. My team in this league just went through a difficult week. I think people need to understand what a tweet or statement can do to others. And I believe nobody stopped and considered what would happen. Could have waited a week to send it. Close quote. Mr. James. Let me hit you up to some games, sir. 
it didn't matter when Daryl Morey was going to send that tweet. He could have paused. He could have waited and sent the tweet in the regular season. He could have sent it a week prior because these protests have been going on for a while now in Hong Kong. Yet he decided to send it when he sent it. It didn't matter when. It didn't matter when. Now, part of what you're saying is somewhat true. When you're in responsibility positions like Daryl Morey is, he's an executive of an organization of the league. There are certain things that you are allowed to say and there's certain things you really can't. Not because it's a black white thing, not because it's a U.S. China thing. It's just simply because it's an executive thing and that your executive shouldn't really be about anything on business other than the business in which they represent. Moyer represents basketball and in, and in particular Rockets basketball, which now is being banned in China. <laughs> the, the team that was supposed to be building the goodwill between the NBA and China is banned from the country. Because of said tweet that you, LeBron, said he could have waited a week to release. Maury could have waited a week, a month, a year, a decade. His son or daughter could have retweeted it afterwards. It doesn't matter. The People's Republic of China would have caught wind of it and you would have had the same issue then as you do now. The same exact issue, which is a guy is talking to an entity, a governmental entity, which he's saying, no, you got to stand up against this. And there's an entity that's standing up against it. We're for that. Maury is not speaking on behalf of the NBA. He's not speaking on behalf of the Rockets. He's not speaking on behalf of anybody else other than himself. And in his position, his personal views can't be stated in a professional setting. That's the part you're missing. Why am I saying that? Because if your personal views go antithetical against what the the entity you represent, the money gets affected adversely. So, and that's a lesson seemingly you all in the NBA do not grasp. And many of you are saying, well, you're free to talk about how it's oppression all over the place in, in the United States and white supremacy reigns supreme. Yeah, white supremacy reigns supreme, but it doesn't affect the NBA bag. Why? Because, well, it's universally understood that white supremacy reigns, especially in the NBA. What is not widely assumed is that they're wise in the communist ways of the People's Republic of China. They're not. And I remember how things were with Yao Ming and the the negotiations the Rockets made with the Chinese government, because many may not remember, but Ming was on loan to the Rockets. And he would play the regular season with the, the Rockets. Whenever the regular season was over, he had to go back to China and play for the Chinese national team in the summer because he was property of China. The Rockets raised a fuss. The Chinese government said, you know, if you're not going to be with these these parameters, we'll keep Yao in China. The Rockets acquiesced and they now make billions of dollars off of China because of that particular setup, that particular partnership. Now, here we are almost 20 years later, and that partnership has been frayed. That partnership has been severed almost. And now the partnership, the larger partnership with the NBA and China can be catastrophic. In fact, Silver, Adam Silver, the NBA's commissioner, he actually said himself out of his mouth that the financial losses will be fairly dramatic. And it was to the point where the Chinese government said, look, discipline Mori and fire him. Said that to Silver. 
And Silver basically said, you know what? No, that's not going to happen. Well, I can tell you what also is not going to happen. The, the fact that your bag is going to be heavy because the, the money that you're going to now receive is going to be a tad bit lighter because all those endorsements that you all were getting from China, starting with LeBron James, all that dried up with that one tweet by Daryl Moore. So you can rest assured that within the NBA, Daryl Morey is public enemy one. Nobody likes that guy because he's affected the bag of just about every NBA player. Now, the, the contracts, that's fine. The league is healthy in the contract realm. I'm talking about endorsements. I'm talking about other opportunities beyond the contract they signed. Morey damaged that badly. Or in the words of someone else I know, bigly. Morey damaged that bigly. Morey badly damaged that possibility from at least happening anytime soon. Like I said, NBA, you're going to have to come to this lesson. What's more important? Standing up for morals and you lose a little bit, of, little bit of money or the bag that you've been getting from China because I'm sure that it's been billions of dollars that you got from China every year since mm, 2003 and the morals take a hit. You're leaning more toward the morals taking a hit and you get in the bag because you want to secure that relationship with China as best as possible. You want to do it. You need to do it. And I'm sure you're tr I'm sure you're trying to do it now as we speak. So as we come upon the precipice of the beginning of the 2020 regular season. Yes, I know we're still in 2019, but here we are on the precipice of the regular season beginning because later on in the week it will this large elephant in the room this large elephant in the this large elephant in the room will reign supreme for every game that exists right now and so until you learn this lesson i will keep repeating ice t 1990 hip-hop album look it up it's titled freedom of speech dot 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 just watch what you say china's watching what all of you are saying nba players nba fan China doesn't like what you all have to say about freedom. And China is going to try to disrupt the bag the NBA so desperately wants because they want to be the brand that reaches out worldwide. And they need the biggest country in the world to be their greatest ally at this juncture. And why is that? Because the money is important. For those who say otherwise, don't kid yourself. The bag. It's more important than us in this situation. Oh, and Mr. James, Mr. Morey didn't present himself as misinformed. He was well-informed and he was actually right. The problem, though, is that he was misinformed. The problem was that he spoke out of turn. You know, when you're a child and, and, and the teacher has the floor and he or she speaks and you speak when the, t the teacher speaks and she says to you or he says to you, no, no, speak when it's your turn. It's my turn to speak. An NBA executive is basically there. That's where he is. He has to speak when it's his turn. And then what he says is important. You, my fair weathered receding hairline three and six uh, in the finals friend, you were grossly misinformed. And that is what really hurts me. I'm, a, I'm an advocate of you. You do a lot of wonderful things. Unfortunately, in this case, you were off the mark severely. And you're almost 35. You'll be 35 in the coming Christmas season. You, you have a responsibility to all of us. That when a mic is thrown in your mouth, you know what you're speaking. You are the greatest ambassador to the NBA. You can't be caught with your pants down. And in that instance, you were. In that case, do like the greats did. Do like what uh, Jordan and Kobe 
and before them, Kareem and Bill Russell did. Refer it to the team or refer it to your 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 publicist. Someone who is more apt and more able to dis, dis, describe the situation and and say your opinion, but in a much more eloquent, much more elaborate, and quite frankly, much more intelligent way. I'm not saying you're stupid or dumb. I'm not saying that at all, LeBron. I'm saying that you are what you accused Maury of being. You, sir, were greatly misinformed. And in the misinformation that you are receiving and disseminating, you're suffering from the loss of the bag, just like every NBA player is suffering from too. And I feel for you because, well, you all had a good thing with China and it looks like it's ruined and it might be ruined for the rest of your playing days and the rest of these other playing other players playing days now all because when it was needed the most you couldn't keep your mouths shut If you happen to like this episode or any episode you've heard thus far, the subscribe button is lit up waiting for you to click it. And you can do so. Subscribe to Cole Sports with a Z.com on Cole Sports with a Z.com. Now, if you feel the need to hear more of me exclusively, things that the public doesn't hear, but only you, VIP, could hear, and only you, the Patreon page is waiting for you. The button is there to click. ColdSportsWithAZ.com is where you'll find it. Now, if you feel the need that you want to say something, please say it with your chest. You have a question for Cole? Ask me. ColdSportsWithAZ.com. You ask, record, you speak, you send, I'll play it on air. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Now, if you don't want to speak it, but you want me to read what you are saying, well, you can email me. You can reach Cold Sports via email, coldsportswithz.com. That's simple place. And now, if you want this voice to represent commercials and voiceovers, coldsportswithz.com is the place where you can find it. Coldsportswithz.com is also where you can find where you have the private Facebook group room where you can voice your opinion with class, with passion, with respect toward others, and respect toward yourself. Sports VIP room is waiting for the fan just like you because you're the VIP. Walk through that velvet rope and get to me. You can find that at ColdSportsWithZ.com. Now, you want to hear guest appearances that I've made? ColdSportsWithZ.com. That's where you can find me. Now, if you feel the, 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 the pall of wanting to heal from heartbreak and loss, or you want to hear how I get down on interviews that I do, you can find that and more at coldsportswithaz.com. That's coldsportswithaz.com. I said you could check out me and all of this brand. That's at coldsportswithaz.com. And it doesn't matter where or when or how you listen to me. As long as you do these three simple things, it's real simple. Love yourself with your whole heart and love your neighbors yourself. Tell a friend to tell a friend about this particular program enjoy the content 
for the Intelligent Sportsman. I am Cole Johnson, and this is... You've been listening to Cole Sports with Cole Johnson.